passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns Backers. It's Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V, on Instagram and Twitter, or at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. Tony the final four is slightly different than a lot of people expected. I, I don't know. Uh, Baylor and Houston, I think not so bad of a pick. I think a lot of people had the Zags. I had the Zags winning it. Uh, I had bet on them preseason. So uh, they were uh, a substantial uh, site uh, payback greater than what it is right now. Uh, and then they're playing UCLA. So if you haven't gotten your bets down... Get them down before Saturday, right? Yeah. Women's Final Four as well. I, I mean, you got to take – it's got to be UConn or Stanford, I think, at, at this point. Um, so there you go, fans. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports action. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, hey, you're looking at taking the ga Zags, put 150 in, right? Then uh, I guess you get 75 there, so you got two and a quarter now to bet with. Put all two and a quarter on the Zags, right? Yeah, that's what I would do. Bet online, 
your online sports book experts. Tony, not a ton going around in Brownstown, shall we say? Uh, a little signing news to a certain extent. Uh, they brought on Brian Allen, uh, defensive back. So trying to bring in those guys, you know, young guy, seeing if he can make the team out of camp. And then the big news out of the NFL, which we'll probably spend most of our time on today, adding the seventh game, 17th game to the season. It's official. Luckily, when I was booking our hotels for the Los Angeles Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56, in February of 2022, I booked the week the Super Bowl was scheduled for, and I booked the week after because I thought this was a distinct possibility. So I just have to cancel the one week and uh, already have the other one reserved. Nice. That's what we call uh, forward thinking. Planning ahead. Planning uh, ahead. You know who I learned it from? Who's that? Andrew Barry. A guy who's planning ahead. Seems to be planning ahead. I love it. I'll have I see it. what no. you did there. Good off-seasons. Good off-seasons for Andrew Barry. Good off-season for me, planning ahead. Before we get... To our thoughts on week 17, we want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects the seller with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. What do you think of the 17th game, Tony? Well, I, I like the fact that uh, it, it's home. It's a home game. I, I do like that fact. I, I like the fact that it's the Cardinals. I think that'll be a good test for us. Um, interesting, interesting things happened here in the last couple of weeks. They um, recently signed Colt McCoy, which uh, uh, how how sweet would that be if if the Coltster uh, you know got to got to play one more one more game here in Cleveland? But strange um, things are afoot at the yeah, Southern yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know the script is being written now as we speak. But um, uh, you know I, I I I'm okay with it, um, only because we're getting rid of one of those useless preseason games I would have been more of a fan of as I said I I don't like the odd number of games I, I just feel like competitively it gives an advantage to the teams that get the home games um definitely and, yeah I just don't know how that you, you know you've you've gone this far I mean we've gone a long time with the 16 games the competitive balance I think is there why mess with it yeah I think if you're going to add anything like you know, don't don't add another week to the season. Uh, add more teams to the playoffs, or do do something. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. To me, adding 17 games doesn't make sense. Adding, you know, an 18th game, that would have made a little bit more sense. But it's here, and we're going to have to deal with it. And I think for the for the players, I think yeah, it's great that you're getting rid of one of those worthless uh, 
preseason games, but the reality is two things could happen at the end. One, you're going to have guys who are playing more games. There's going to be more injuries. Or two, you're going to end up with this NBA situation where people clinch in week 16 or 15 and in the last two weeks end up being, uh, you know, jokes anyhow. So, I, I mean, if you're trying to sell the game to the fans, I don't know if adding that game, you know, was the... I don't know. Yeah, and I don't. I don't necessarily mind adding the seventeenth game. I'm not a fan. I, you know, I, I would always tell my students actually because I used to teach a governance class and they had to create their own sport and schedules and leagues. And I would say, you can't have an odd number of games in your season. And the reason I would give is because owners would never go for, you know, hey, I only get eight home games and this Yahoo gets nine home games, like or whatever it would be. I get forty and they get forty one. It it you need an even number for the most part because of that competitive balance and the years where, hey, maybe that makes a big difference whether that game is home or away on somebody's playoff hopes. That I think that's what's going to swing the owners to a certain extent into really pushing for an 18th game. If they're pushing for an 18th game, man, they are going to have to give up a ton from a collective bargaining standpoint for that 18th game for the owners. Yeah. That's what's going to be the challenge. I think the way the 17th game works, we talked about this a little bit, just uh, your, you and me. Uh, I think either that game, every team in the league, then plays an international game. So you're going to Mexico, you're going to Canada, you're going to Japan, you're going to Australia, you're going to England, you're going to Germany, whatever. California. You have, hey, California, yeah, there you go. Uh, South Florida. Uh, you, have, you, know, you, have, you have 16 games yep. that are here in the U.S., and then you have Grow one week that's abroad, and then you're able to play 16 full games in in other countries and if you want to play multiple games in certain countries you know i always tell people that the last year of the nfl europe five of those six teams that were in the league were in germany the fact we have not played an international game in germany is is unbelievable from the standpoint with the number of u.s military bases that are there with the popularity of the sport there even amongst the german fans You could put a game, hey, put a game in Frankfurt, put a game in Munich, put a game in Berlin, all in one year because now you have 16 games that you can put all around the globe. If you could do that, that I think would really grow the game. And if you're looking to extend the season out a little bit, then hey, add an extra bye week and that's an easier way for you to work that in across the course of the season than it would be otherwise. And well, that to, is to do me, more to grow the game, in my opinion, than just yeah. adding an extra game. To me, if you're going to do that, you just, uh, you know, if if you're looking at it that way, either you schedule everybody to play their international game on the same, so it's international weekend, and then you do the buy after, uh, you know, so you, yeah. Yeah, half the teams play their international, and then then maybe even flip them or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the, the only problem with that is I think they wanted something for this season coming up, and there's no way we could have pulled off an international. I mean, you're not going to pull that off. No, you're not. But but what about the other thing that we discussed then? How about the let's stay in the U.S., but let's play a non-traditional NFL market? Well, that that I love. Yeah, so let's put a game in Tuscaloosa. Let's put a game in uh, Iowa City. Let's put a game out in Idaho or Montana, you know, or, or at BYU or something like that where those markets that do not have a traditional home 
NFL franchise. Yeah. Now, I mean, imagine playing a game out in, in Oregon and Eugene, right? And, and you could, you know, hey, try to match up the teams appropriately, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. you put Seahawks Niners in Eugene, Oregon, that's going to be a mm-hmm. great clash of fan bases that don't even really have to go that far and get to experience it in a unique stadium. Yep. Well, and I, th- I want to say it was like 74, 75, somewhere around there. Uh, when the NFL was playing their six preseason games, we used to play six preseason games, which you talk about four being crazy. Six ridiculous. <laughs> but but the, the one thing, I, I and I want to say, I'd have to go through my, my stuff and look at it. But I do remember there was the one season where the Browns, in the preseason, played in the big house up in Michigan and then played at the Horseshoe down in Columbus. And I thought, man, what what a great opportunity to you know you know like you said to grow the game, um, and yeah, taking it to you know just I mean come on like going to Nebraska, I can't even imagine what that would look like, you know throw the Chiefs or whoever uh, Chiefs Broncos uh, yeah. you know I I mean I'm sure people would turn out for that and it would be wild I mean because you would have that. I think you would have that amazing game, but you would have that college atmosphere paired with it where, you know, come on, we, we talk about how amazing the tailgating is here, um, you know, in Cleveland even, you know, go down south. Oh, dude, go to uh, 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 There is, in my opinion, there is, college tailgating is superior to oh, professional yeah. tailgating. Yeah. You know, the, tailgating at a, at, a, at a big, big school is a different atmosphere. Yeah. It's way more fun than at an NFL stadium, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and so I, you know, I don't know. To for, to, to me, I, I think that's a, a better way to grow the game. It's also a better way to not even so much grow the game, but like if you played, you know, Browns Bengals at the shoe, it's a great way to get those folks in Columbus who who aren't necessarily they're fans of either team, but they're not necessarily able to make the drive to to go see either one of them play. It, it gives them an opportunity to to feel like they're a part of you know the fandom of either one of those teams um you know so yeah i'd be all for that i think probably i'd be for that more than i would be for the international game but i i do wish we would get off the the london um every year train and 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 go to germany um you know having spent my senior year of high school with a uh we had a foreign exchange student mr simon gortz who uh who um came and joined our football team for our senior year, I can I can tell you without question the uh I mean he knew more about American football than a lot of the guys on our football team that live here. <laughs> I, I mean and he's still to this day a huge Rams fan and um you know actually had the opportunity to work for the Rams for a little bit, which was cool. Um he's a orthopedic surgeon. But uh um it, it, you know I can say without a doubt if you were to play uh NFL games in Germany, I mean it'd be you know, huge success. And I'm not saying London's not, but I don't know that this is so. Well, but funny. you don't have, if you're going to the same place every year, are you really growing the game no. other than in that one place? Yeah. I mean, yes, it, it, it's probably been great for yeah. fans in England that are you know have proximity to London, and I'm sure there's plenty of folks from the continent that fly over and, right. and go to the game or take the channel or something like that. Yeah. But in reality, if you were able to sprinkle those games throughout the European continent or to do a game down in Brazil, yeah. right? Do a game in South Africa or Nigeria or, or Australia or China yeah. or Japan. You're going to be able to generate much more growth that way because people are going to be able to see it in person or know at least 
that it came to my country, even yeah. if I wasn't able to be there. Yeah, and and then the other thing that, that we need to look at with that, and, and this is that for me from the historical perspective, I mean, you already had a lot of records that went, you know, when we went from a 12 to a 14 to a 16 game schedule. Now, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of our records, I think that's a tough one for me, is just preserving kind of the sanctity of those records. You're going to have players now that is a thousand yard rushing season really going to be that big of a deal if you're in a 17 game season i, I mean I it's, it's a th- but even think about it now is a thousand yard rushing season that big a deal now i mean what yeah. 80 80 yards a game yeah and you get there i don't but now it's going to be even less like yeah, i i I don't, I don't know and points you know points in a season those type of things i mean i think i think those for me i i get bothered by that i mean that that gets to be a bit of a a sticky wicket, if you will, but um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe the fans just don't care about that stuff, and and we just want to see more football. But um, I don't know. I it, I guess we'll have to. I'll hold off reservation till we get through the season and, and see how it ends up. I, I I hate to judge it just based on, you know, my thoughts in my head. Uh, I'd like to see it play out before I make judgment on it. But to me, I I'm with you on the odd game. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I and I feel like. The competition committee, you would think at some point would have stepped in and said, "Hey, listen. I mean, it's given an unfair advantage to those teams that get the extra home game." Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and, and actually, my math was off. I'm sorry. That was just quick math and spitball. Sixty-two and a half yards a game, you get a thousand-yard season in a yeah. sixteen-game season. That's not that impressive to begin with. Um, so yes, it's going to be uh, even less impressive. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, and, and that's a big challenge. Well, now I think then uh, it wouldn't be a threat to the thousand yard season; it'd be a threat to that two thousand yard season. That's... I guess if anybody ran the ball anymore, yeah. <laughs> Derrick Henry's your only right. Yeah, but it would be great. I mean, think about it. Here's the top sized stadiums, and and most of these are are larger than many NFL stadiums. Oh, yeah. And obviously, the top uh, the top ten are, are larger than any NFL stadium. Uh, on a regular basis, you're looking at Michigan, right? So Michigan Stadium, Beaver Stadium for Penn State, Ohio Stadium for Ohio State, Kyle Field for Texas A&M, Nyland Stadium for Tennessee, Tiger Stadium down in LSU, Brian Denny, Alabama, Daryl Royal Stadium down in Texas, Sanford Stadium for Georgia, and then obviously the Rose Bowl for UCLA, and then the next, and those are all above 90,000 average yeah. attendance or max attendance capacity wise. And there could be some great games oh. there, right? I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine Houston, yeah. Dallas in either Austin or A and M. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it'd be great. I mean, that would be that would be yeah. amazing. Eagles, Steelers in Beaver Stadium. Yeah. Be huge. I mean, yeah. it, it would just there were just so many cool kind of matchups that you could do that would fit. Yeah. Um, you know, even 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 something silly like, hey, you know, Jacksonville, uh, Atlanta, at University of Florida, or, or even you Alabama, know, the, you the, know, the, the, the Alabama, world's, in the, the world's co- biggest cocktail party, yeah. or two. Yeah, when I, I you know, there's those quirky areas too where I look at, uh, you know, it's obviously going to have a smaller stadium, but I'm thinking the Cincinnati and Pittsburgh playing in West Virginia. You, you know, I think that yeah. would be a, that would be a great one. I mean, there's a, there's an area where football is definitely, you know, King down there, but uh, you know, they don't have a pro team, but they're in close proximity to, I mean, there's a yeah. ton of, 
you go to any Steelers game, you're going to see about 500 trucks in the parking lot with uh, West Virginia stickers. Uh, you know, football. So yeah, I, or I, Bears I, Packers at Notre Dame. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. There, I yeah. Possibilities are are, are endless, and, and I think it would be kind of along the lines of that that hockey. You know, the hockey outdoor. You, you know, what the I mean? outdoor game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be kind of played up like that. It'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Although the visual at Tahoe this year was ridiculous, even though they had to postpone well, the one game because yeah. of the sun glare, but uh, yeah. that was awesome. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I'm leaning on this. I think there's – I don't necessarily mind the 17th game. I, I mind just doing the same thing with it, right? I, I Yes, I'm always happy for more football, yeah. so I'm not going to be like, this damn 17th game. But – Right, we already do sixteen games the same way. Yeah. Let's do something unique. Let's if you're gonna try to grow the game, let's try to grow it and in, in different ways. And you don't have to grow it right, just growing fans. Yeah. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be a from a participation standpoint. It could just be, hey, you know, so I think reaching out to those communities that aren't typically hit and then hitting some new countries, different places internationally that we haven't hit before. There's a really big opportunity here, and I think the NFL, it's not often they miss the boat, but but they yeah. do at times, and I think this is them missing the boat. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's once you, once you go down this road, it's hard to just stop and reverse course. I mean, I, I think they've, they've kind of got this thing set in motion, and, and now that it's set in motion, it'd be hard to stop it and alter it and go in a different yeah. direction. I mean, they're not going to do something different every year. Uh, I mean, so if they decided this is something they would want to do, they're not going to cancel what they agreed on this year and say, oh, hey, well, let's just do international games. I, I just don't see that happening. Um, but I don't know. There was certainly a rush to get that 17th game in, and I get the money end of it. But at the end of the day, um, you, you know, wanting your money up front right away and, and at the expense of putting together a good idea where you could – potentially make even more money um because you would be growing the game i I think it's just foolish but i don't know well you know what do we know right yeah we don't know anything uh, no we don't know anything all right i think the only other browns news uh was uh our boy hugh jackson saying the the browns lied to me tony the browns lied to me sabotage his efforts yeah i i this is where I, i i do appreciate shannon sharp um saying uh you lied to the cleveland browns you said you were going to be better than 336 and one in 40 games so i guess y'all lied to each other you were a match made in heaven (laughs) that's that's good i i I like it that's that's all i have on that one yeah i don't know why he doesn't just you know if you've done that poorly it here's here's what you do you just shut the hell up and just hope that the team becomes so successful that your heirs at some point become a footnote that nobody cares about anymore. I mean, just be quiet and just fade away. Um, I don't understand why he thinks he needs to rear his ugly head and come up with this shit because he just, he has zero credibility in this town. Um, so why bother? You know, just fade away, man. Just go away, but whatever, you know. I'm not 100% on board with uh, the Haslam's, but at the same time, um, 
he, 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 I am zero percent on board with Hugh Jackson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 how do you bite the hand that, that gave you an opportunity in the first place? You know, nobody else was going to give that guy an opportunity, and nobody else ever will after the chance that he got. So, I, I, I guess I don't know. You're, and, cer- you're certainly not helping those chances if you're continuing to lash out against the team. You know, four years after you're gone. Or... Well, and no offense, uh, I, I don't know, like. Okay, he's, he says he's going to write a book about his time with the Cleveland Browns. Who is reading that book? Yeah, because I I don't know a Browns fan no. that is like, oh, you know what I you know what I need to hear, Tony? I need to hear the Hugh Jackson story. Yeah, like yeah. no one wants and and what if you're not a Browns fan? Then then why do you even care what happened with this loser of a coach during his time when he was with the Browns? Yeah, I, I mean. Who is, I don't know what publisher of the right mind would sanction that book. Maybe it'll be a digital book. I mean, hopefully. So three not. pages. <laughs> we lost a shit ton of games. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Well, that goes back to, uh, if you ever get a chance, George Ratterman wrote a book about being a, a quarterback in the NFL, which is, a, it's, a, it's actually an awesome book, because Ratterman... I mean, you talk about a great gig. He backed up Otto Graham. I mean, so your your ass is not getting off the bench. In fact, in in, in one game where Otto Graham was not doing well, Coach Brown called him over and said, "Hey, Ratterman, get loose. You're going to go in." And he actually turned to Paul Brown. And he says, "Are you sure you want me to go in there?" <laughs> like he was questioning whether, yeah, I was having a bad day, but even on his worst day, it's going to be better than anything I'm about ready to to show you. And um, it, but he has an actual chapter. Um, in his book, um, and, and I'll, I'll have to I'll have to take a look at it and just just so I know exactly. Um, I'm probably getting this wrong here, but it was a, it was a one page chapter, and I think it was uh, I think it had something to do with ownership, and it was what do owners know about football? And then you go to that chapter, and it just says nothing, and, and that's the whole chapter. Um, so it's uh, it definitely hey George Raderman though, not to get on a tangent, amazing story. I, I, why there has not been a movie on this dude? I do not know. He actually was from, uh, so he was asked to run for sheriff in his old hometown because the uh, the mob had kind of corrupted the hometown. And uh, he goes down there to run for sheriff. And while he's running, the mob paid a prostitute to slip a drug into his drink. And this prostitute actually, I guess you could say, rapes George Ratterman while the mob guys get pictures of it. And they tried to blackmail him into not running and he said, "The hell with this! I didn't, I didn't do any of this stuff." And he ends up running, wins, becomes a sheriff, and cleans the town up of, of all this, uh, you know, corruption. It's a great, great little story. Great little, I, I guess, maybe a good tangent there. I don't know if it's a bad, you know, I, I don't know. Any time we're, we're talking Browns, and all of a sudden I, I bring in a uh, story about prostitutes, At right, Campbell right. County, <laughs> Kentucky. Right? I mean, it's it's an amazing. If you get a chance, Confessions of a Gypsy Quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's right? the book. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. book. Um, I don't. I think it's probably no longer in print. You'll probably have to go to one. Well, of you these can stuff. find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. but uh, great. It's an it's an amazing book. He actually was studied the uh, the seagulls at the uh, at the stadium uh, it, it, because he was on the bench so much. He was doing like these like in his mind. He was doing these tests, conducting these these experiments with the seagulls and just how long they would stand in a certain area before they would fly off. And it's it's really great. It gives you an insight on just how. Um, how great of a job being a backup quarterback was in 1940 when you're you're behind. Well, just ground. think about this, right? So we talked about Zeke O'Connor previously as well. Mm-hmm. Those two guys 
played together at Notre Dame. Yeah. Right. So you're looking at it from the standpoint of both of those guys were on that, you know, 44 to 46. Zeke was gone in, in 45. Um, but in 44, they both played for Notre Dame. And then in 46, um, they both played for Notre Dame um, as well. Um, so, hey, man, you're looking at that. Those are two uh, amazing individuals on on one squad there. Then they also played together uh, in 1951 for the New York Yanks. <laughs> in Ratterman, I was never big on, uh, you know, during my time with the Browns, never never big on asking players for signed stuff. We would do reunions and stuff, and the guys would sign up posters, and, we, I, you know, we'd usually get one framed up. But Ratterman was the first guy, after I read his book, um, it was towards the end of his life. He was living in a, um, you know, an assisted living facility, and uh, his son, you know, and I would talk on the phone a lot because I had a, um, you know, grandmother had gone through Alzheimer's, dementia period of time. So we would kind of just talk back and forth, you know, and just talk him through what his dad was going through. But um, he actually, it, that was the first, like, autographed anything I ever got when I was working for the Browns. I got a, uh, his son sent me an autographed photo of, his, of the old man, and um, uh, I still hold on to that. It's it's pretty pretty special deal. But, man, yeah, if you ever get a chance, read the book. You'll laugh your ass off. I mean, it's he's like one of the early, you know, just kind of like a um, – you know, I guess Barkley, you know, Strahan, you know, a, a, a player with a personality. Not not quite a uh, Art Donovan. I mean, he's not as over the top as an Art Donovan, but certainly a great guy. And it's a great read if you get a chance. So, I don't know. It's a plug for George Ratterman. No, that's good. <laughs> uh, that's, rather have people reading George Ratterman's book than uh, Hugh Jackson's book. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, it gives me hope. I mean, I'll say that. You can say what you will about George or about Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson gives me hope that well, maybe one day I could be a coach in the NFL. Maybe one day I could write a book. I don't know. Well, after <laughs> Hugh Jackson, I know I could be a coach in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, I, you don't even have to know anything. No. You just, uh, you know what I know I could do? I know I could hire talented people. Yeah. And and then just say, hey guys. Uh, Let's do this. You do. A, you you uh, have twenty plays, and then you bring out your Dungeons and Dragons twenty sided dice, yeah. and you just roll it on the yeah. sideline. Yeah. And probably in forty games, <laughs> I think I could. I think as a head coach, I could win three. Yeah, I think I could be equal to Hugh Jackson. Yeah. I think uh, so. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm confident in that fact. Yeah, confident in that fact. So, At the very least, I'd look better. In uh, swim trunks in uh, March uh, out in Lake Erie. But, yeah. Oh, hey <laughs> All right, Browns backers, we don't have too much for you today else, clearly, I guess. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they went down a, a huge tangent. Um, uh, and uh, we'll get into the draft, some picks kind of next week, I think. Yeah. You know, start, start breaking the draft stuff down. Don't want to get into it too early. I know we got Monica Gustin coming up, too, from the Sports Commission to talk about all of the things that the NFL is going to be doing and, and we're going to be doing here in Cleveland as the draft is in Cleveland. I know Tony's got a cherry gig uh, partnership with the PGA and the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame and the NFL alumni working the, a tournament out there at Firestone uh, draft week. So Should we can talk a little bit about that as well. So we'll see you, hear you. You can listen to us, catch us. I don't know what we want to say. 
We'll be in the week. air. In the Somewhere. air next week. Yeah, we'll be in the air. There's something in the air. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is. So thanks for tuning in, Bronze Backers. Have a great one. All right. Jump check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.